I respectfully acknowledge the people of the Yugambeh language region, the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded, and pay my respects to their elders past and present and all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples here today. Hi guys and welcome to Miss Inclusivity, the podcast. In today's episode, we are joined by the lovely Miss Courtney. Welcome, Miss Courtney. Thank you, lovely. And today we are going to be talking all things inclusion in um, SSP schools. So we'll talk about that further along in the episode, but we always talk about the same thing at the start of the episode. And Miss Courtney, what made you want to be a teacher? So... I don't think I always wanted to be a teacher. Yep. I, growing up with my sisters, like I have three younger sisters and whenever we would play schools, when we were little, I was always the teacher. Yep. And I loved giving out the work and then bringing it back to me, getting it marked. But then as I went through school, like primary school was great. High school, I did it because I had to do it. I didn't know what I wanted to do after. For a while, I wanted to be a chef. Oh, Um, me too. I wanted to be a yeah. chef for a hot minute as yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. And it's all thanks to Ratatouille, that movie. Oh, mine was just because I loved food too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, mine was the movie. And I'm like, I'm going to be a chef in Paris. And then that didn't last too long. No. <laughs> um, we got to like 11 and 12. I'm like, I have to figure out what I actually can do and yep. will do. Um, and growing up, everyone said, like, you're good with kids. Um, I, I danced for a long time. So I was yep. always, like, helping the little kids get ready for concerts and assessments. Um, So I'm like, okay, I'll go into teaching and see how that is. But I hated uni. I yep. hated it so much. Um, just assessments, the way we learn in uni was just not what I wanted to do. No. And so many times I've come home, I'm like, no, I'm going to drop out. It's not for me. Yep. Um, and it wasn't until my practice, which my first prac was in my fourth year. Wow. So I had to wait it out um, because oh I gosh. failed a class, which put yep. me off a whole year. Oh, um, no. Fourth so year, yeah, that's the so late. What happened there? Yeah, it's because I failed a class in my second year, which wow. was a prerequisite for another class. Oh, to keep going. So it was just like a flow and yeah. effect. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And you, st- yeah. you stuck it out. For four yes. years until your first prac. Wow, you've got yes. some good willpower because if I was hating uni, oh. I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> Honestly, it was a challenge. I would just come home and say, no, nah, I'm going to quit. It's not for me. But yeah. It's really make you realise it's what you want to do. Oh, gosh, yeah. Um, yeah, but waiting what? that long was the challenge. Oh, my so, gosh, yeah. yes. What would you say has been one of the highlights of your teaching career so far? So far, I have two highlights. Um my biggest one is in the classroom. I really love seeing when something just clicks for a student. Yeah. Like you've been working through it, pushing through it for so long, and then all of a sudden it just clicked for them. Yeah. And seeing that progress and just seeing their face light up when they finally get it. That's yeah, like my wow. biggest thing. Um, but then a second one's like a professional highlight has been becoming an AP this year. Oh, wow. So, Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So I was not expecting any of that in my second year, but wow, yeah, being an AP for student welfare. Oh, so. that's amazing. Wow. The school must really trust you then. If it's your sec- second year yeah. in teaching, did you say? Yes. <laughs> and you've got an AP for student wellbeing? Yes. Yeah, so welfare, I'm trying to boost attendance and engagement and all that sort of fun stuff. 
That is so exciting. That's such a fun AP role to be. Wow. I've never even thought about that yeah. on the realm of thing. That's so exciting. I I've love never that heard of it. And my principal came to me and she's like, well, we want to offer you that role. Because I was going for the, um, like a stage coordinator yeah. AP role. Didn't get that. But they're like, instead, we want you to try this. And it's so much of the back work that most teachers don't see. Like I'm talking with um, like the department people, if there's yeah. attendance issues and concerns um, and taking those steps. So it's going to be wow. interesting to see that where that goes. Very interesting. That is so fun. Make sure you share that on your like Instagram. I'm so intrigued to see that. Or even 100%. on your TikTok. You are killing TikTok. I love it. Oh, God. My TikTok has started just for fun. And then I'm like, oh, it actually is a lot of fun. I'll keep going. Yeah, it's so, so fun. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. Um, what has been one of your challenges of your teaching career so far? Um, well, when I was working at the SSP school where I did my first prac and covered a maternity leave position, yeah. the challenge there was even though it was such a small class, my kids were there for behavior reasons. Right. And I had a kid, he was quite young, he was 10. And one day he just saw red. He was anyone in his way, he's going to get them. Yeah. So having to physically hold him down to try and help him calm down. And it just got to the point the police were called and oh, you God. know that they're not processing anything in that moment and mm-hmm. that's their go-to coping strategy. Yeah. So that was the hardest thing because you feel like it's your fault because you haven't given them the skills, even though you've worked on it, they haven't processed and taken it in. Mm-hmm. Um, you end up putting it on yourself and feeling like it's all your fault. hundred percent. So that was my biggest challenge. And then even in mainstream school now where I'm at, anything the kid does, you feel like it's on you. Yeah. You just, any challenges they might have, or if they misbehave one day, um, yeah, you, you just take it on yourself, even though you shouldn't and it's not your fault. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just taking yeah. it on yourself and then not knowing as much as I would like to know. Yes. <laughs> only been in my second year, my biggest challenge, and I've told my principal so many times, I'm like, I wish I knew so much more than I do. And I know I could only get that from years of experience. Yep. I just wish I knew more. Yep. And I yep. wish uni taught me a lot more because uni has not taught me half as much as I need to know. Oh gosh. Yeah. I even, yeah, because obviously I've spoken about this in previous podcasts. I'm in my last year of my degree and getting to the pointy end. I'm like, there is so many things that I don't know. And I'm expected to just go straight into a classroom next year and just teach and just know mm. there's just so many gaps that they need to fill. It's crazy. I'm so exactly. agree with you. And you just, um, and you learn it as you go. So God, yeah. 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 Gosh. Yep. We're going to go into the, um, SSP part of the episode now. Now for those listeners at home, Miss Courtney, can you please entail what makes SSP schools so incredible for these students and what is involved? But even first, do you want to introduce what an SSP school is to those? That yeah. Day. So I feel like many people might not know what an SSP school is because yep. going into it, I had never heard of it before. Yeah. Uni did not tell me that was even an option. Yeah. Um, so an SSP school is a school for a specific purpose mm-hmm. um, and they're in place to help students with like intellectual disabilities, mental health issues, autism, physical disabilities, sensory needs. So there's so many branches of an SSP school and they only focus specifically on one area. Yeah. Um, these schools are very hard for the kids to get into. They have to fill in the application, the school and a counsellor has to 
mark it off um, and then it goes to a panel from yep. um, the department and they will then assess if they think the child is suitable for that environment. Yeah. Um, and even then place numbers are so limited. So, so many kids unfortunately miss out and get stuck in mainstream where it's just overwhelming or not the environment for them. Yep. Um, it's such an incredible setting for a kid to get into if they do really need to be in it. Um, there's so much personalised learning. Yeah. The, the programs are very um, intense and specific to what they need. So the school that I was at, um, we, it was mostly a behavioural school. So our classes were a lot smaller. We had yep. seven kids max in each class. Wow. And we had one teacher and one SLSO to every class. Yep. Um, so they all got that support that they needed. And, yeah, they just, the curriculum is not your normal standard New South Wales curriculum or whatever state you're in. You can then yep. alter it. Yep. Um, even when it came to report writing, we would then pick parts of the curriculum that we thought we might be focusing on. Um because it's not as specific to they're at the level that the kids are a lot lower than what they should be usually. Yep. So my kids were 13, 14, but learning at maybe a stage one or two level. Wow. So it was a lot, a lot lower. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very differentiated, very specialised to them. Even when they got to like 14, 15, 16, my school started teaching them real world, like, um, knowledge that they needed so we had a program called the travel program yep. and once a week the teacher would have them sit down and look at the bus timetable or the train timetable and figure out here's where we're starting here's where we want to go you guys need to figure out what buses or trains you might need to take to get there and then they would go and actually catch the bus and train such good stuff to learn because yeah that's just a mm. easy gap that there is in school yeah wow I love that so much yeah it's just so focus to what they need and my kids because they had the behavioral issues from their insane backgrounds like some of these kids have been in out of home care most of their life or yeah. they ha- they're in a family home but it's a very broken family home so they are in a lot of trouble a lot of the time yeah. so we had the strong social emotional learning focus to try yeah. and help them regulate their emotions or understand what's going on and how they can cope with it yeah so I cannot praise these schools enough Gosh, for yeah. what they do and what they are putting up with and having to help these kids with. Yeah, because, yeah, you see some students in mainstream schools and they're just like, wow, this is not not for you. Like I, th- I think yeah. I was in a grade oh, grade five class yesterday, teacher aiding, and um, I went into the class and I was trying to do like addition of subtraction of single-digit numbers with this girl who is – high on the autism spectrum, unfortunately. And apparently they've tried to get her into these um, SSP schools, like you say, and they haven't been able to get her in just because Mm. here on the Gold Coast, there's like none, there's hardly any. So there's just, they're limited to what they can do. And it's terrible to see them in mainstream schools because like you said, when they go into these SSP schools, they thrive and they can, you know, Mm -hmm. they feel like they're in a supported environment, which is so great to hear from you as well. Um, in the SSP schools, what teaching strategies or pedagogies do you believe helped these students with, for instance, trauma backgrounds or have difficult home lives? Yeah, so I definitely feel like in these situations, um, a lot of visual learning because yep. sometimes 
their trauma background has then impacted their mentality and how their mind works. So they need to sometimes see what is going on, see a run of the day so that they're not thrown curveballs in the day. So maybe if we had a visitor coming in that day, you've given them time to process that. You've told them, here's what's going to happen. Here's who it is. Um, Give them time for questions. Yeah. Because a lot of these times, if they're from a trauma background, they don't trust people easily. Yeah. So. Oh gosh. Yeah. If it's a brand new person, they might really be thrown off. I remember one day it was right as the bell was going. So start of school and a police officer walked in school grounds. Now, oh, as wow. the staff, we knew this lady. She was just coming in. She's trying to build the community and school relationship. Yeah. She wasn't coming in for any issue. She just wanted to come and chat to people for real casual conversations. Yeah. But some of my older kids were like, that's a police officer. I need to move. I need to not look sus. I need to get out of her sight. Oh, wow. Because their only interactions with the police are like not negative. Great. <laughs> yeah, they're negative yeah. interactions. And then obviously seeing a police officer would be like a trigger for them. So nothing bad came 100%. of it. Like when the police officer no, she in, was like, did that, like as in the kids, no, did they react badly the kids, or? No, they came, some of them would just like scatter and hide somewhere. Others yeah. came up with some like, oh, what's going on? Like, who are they here for? And we're like, oh, she's just coming for coffee and to have a chat with us. Like, it's yeah. all good. In the end, some of my younger kids, because they're, not as exposed to that world yet. They yeah. um, were open to having those chats. It takes the older ones a little bit more time to get them talking to a police officer. But, yeah, just having them aware of what's going on. Yeah, 100%. Um, Visual timetables. Yeah. I, cannot, I cannot recommend them enough. They're Even great. in mainstream, I use them all the time. So, yes. yes. Yeah. It's like a, such a simple yeah. strategy that, like, works for highly works so well for a small group of children but then for the rest of them it benefits everybody else so I just it's just a win-win really um do you believe that doing your first prac in an SSP school opened your eyes to a realm of teaching that university didn't include as much why or why not yeah I feel like going into my first prac at an SSP school I didn't know what it was I had to Google what an SSP school was. I'm not, oh my gosh. I, okay. I know what SSP, like now that I, after I Googled an SSP school, I was like, okay, I know what that is. It's a more inclusive term for what mm-hmm. I grew up knowing that all they told us were special schools. And yes. I'm just like, oh, yes. that sounds so demeaning. And I love that they're called SSP schools now because it's a more inclusive and not so like, oh, they're special. So they need to go, need to go to a different school sort of situation. Yeah. I love that. Sorry, yeah. continue. Yes. No, I, I, know. I had the exact same. <laughs> yep. I went through the same process, but yeah, I had no idea what it was when I enrolled into that school for my prac. Yeah. Um, and then once I looked up what that school was, I was like, oh my God, I'm in over my head. It's a behavior school. They have kids from 10 to 16 years old. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't even know what to expect going to a behavior school. Yeah. Um, going there it was not as scary as I thought it was like honestly I just thought it was kids that are just in so much trouble you're gonna get beat up that sort of thing and it's so bad that that was a thought in my head but yeah uni didn't tell me what it was yeah they don't expose you to it yeah I just had these stereotypes in my head um and I was like okay well I'll go there because the uni was like oh cracks are hard to come by go to whatever you can and there wasn't a lot at my way yeah so I went into it. I got to the school and I had three kids in my class on the first day. Wow. Um, and they were beautiful. They were so lovely. They were like 12, 13 years old. 
Um, and because I was new, they were very, like, had their, they had a wall up, they were on guard. Um, but once we built the relationship over my prac, those kids were so beautiful. They didn't really have any behaviour issues. Obviously, they couldn't cope in mainstream. That's why yep. they were at that school. Yeah. Because they were in a school that was so much more suited to them and what they needed, there wasn't the issues that they saw at mainstream. Yeah. So, yeah, I just feel like uni needs to tell people what these schools are and how beneficial they are to the kids. Because even now I'm in the talks at my current school with a student that needs to be going to a SSP school. Um, but the parents are against it because their paediatrician's giving them the wrong information about what that school is. Oh, no. And, yeah, they're like, well, my kid doesn't belong in a physical disability school. And I'm like, yes, I know he doesn't because he doesn't have a physical disability. Yeah. So even like parents and the community have the stereotype of what a special school is Mm -hmm. and they don't see the whole list of benefits and what it could do for their child. Yeah. So I really do feel like unis should have even just one specific course to walk like um, teachers through what it is and the differences between each of them. Gosh, yeah. Because it's not just. You just get told that there's just special schools. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know that there were yeah. schools specific for behaviour management. I just thought it was just mm. like one SSB school and they cater for every single different thing. But it makes sense that a different mm. school would cater for different things so therefore they're not getting bombarded with enrolments. Exactly. We had, yeah, my school that I was at was a behaviour one and the SSP down the road was one for more physical disabilities, so kids uh-huh. in wheelchairs or they um, were nonverbal, those sorts of things. So we had very different schools, but right down the road. And as a uni student, I didn't know that was an option. Mm. So I really do just think that every, even as a teacher now, I talk to the, the girls at my work and they've been teaching for like 30 plus years. And they think as well that every teacher should experience like a short amount of time in one of these schools Gosh, to yeah. see the benefits and help like promote it to families that do need it. Yeah. It's just, yeah, you learn so so much from it. You're so lucky to actually have done your prac there. Like, so did your university offer you that, that placement there? Yes. Yeah. We had a list of places and that was one of them. I'm like, that's the closest one to my house. I'll try and get into it. Obviously no one's putting their hand up for an SSP school. They don't know what it is. I got it straight away. Wow. Um, And every, like all the behavior management I learned there, yes, it was to the extreme, but I can then alter it a bit and I still use so many of the strategies in my mainstream classroom. Wow. It's so, there's just so many benefits to there, isn't it? It's just yeah. incredible. I absolutely love yeah. it. Well, thank you so much for bringing so much knowledge about SSP schools into this podcast. Honestly, I think there's going to be so many people out there that are going to be listening to this podcast and they will learn something because, I mean, I've just learned a few new things. I didn't know that there were specific SSP schools for behavior management Mm -hmm. and physical disability, you know? So I feel like Mm. everybody's going to learn something from this. Obviously when this podcast goes live, we'll put a question box up as well. And then any other questions that you guys may have, we can forward them to Miss Courtney and she can be the professional in this realm to answer (laughs) for you. Thank you so much, Miss Courtney, for jumping on. Where can we find you on Instagram or TikTok? Give it a, give us all the (laughs) plugs. 
Well, um, my Instagram and TikTok are both the same, at Miss Courtney Teachers. My name is C-O-U-R-T-E-N-E-Y. <laughs> I do <laughs> have that issue, one. people finding me. Um, but thank you so much for having me. I am no expert, but I have had experience and I just want everyone to know about these schools because they are so incredible. A hundred percent. Thank you so much, Courtney. And we'll see you guys next week on the next podcast.